wow, 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 wow. Welcome back. Trace, look like you're going to add something there. Just can you, can you? What in the world? Welcome back. You're listening to a wow, wow, wonderful episode of Amateur Hour. Uh, this is a professional sports podcast by people who have never, ever, ever played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Trace. And let's talk sports. Amateur hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 70. 70 episodes. I can't believe it. Episode 70 of Amateur Hour. Ooh, 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 wee. Hey, the people have really been missing us, so I'm glad that we can come back and give them what they want. And that is spicy sports content also i saw on our instagram i was perusing the other day uh we have our first (laughs) hater (laughs) i think that says a lot about where we're at we have our first hater i want to give credit to shrey in responding to him and literally being as amicable as anybody could possibly be this guy like goes on all of our clips and reels he's like this is a bad take he's like this isn't true he's like the whole the all the celtics suck like don't give your roses to jalen brown uh he, uh he was like he's like tatum sucked when Shreyas was talking about him he's like where do the celtics go he's like nowhere the bucks are gonna beat him next year like this guy just spouting some stuff and Shreyas is like yeah definitely absolutely i totally agree i think the team needs to improve as a whole like so amicable he went, response. Well, he went he went can i speak to your manager on me and i just said sure of course yes Yes, and what else? (laughs) Yes, and would you like fries with that? Okay. Yeah, so we have our first haters, so I think this is a great milestone. Um, So, yes, follow our Instagram, follow our Twitter, follow our TikTok. It's all related to our things, Um, and we have a uh, a link tree. Anyway, so let's dive right in, Shrey. Let's get things kicked off. Let's get the good vibes rolling with the absolute, the positive, the happy, the jovial, the weekly highs. The Weekly Highs. So I've got the highs this week. And to start off with my personal high uh, is that I got new furniture in the new house that I'm living in. Oh, and I also passed my um, insurance licensing exam. So I'm now licensed to sell insurance. I got to say that that was the hardest exam I have ever taken in my life. Ended up passing with an 83. Very proud of it. However... When I was in the middle of the exam tray, I was sitting down. I like I started to pray because I was like, I think I'm going to fail this. I was in the middle of the exam, and I was like, I am going to fail this exam. Walked out okay, but it was so, so hard. Like Every question was so situational. It was so tricky. And the answers, all four answers was like, it could be X because of Y. It could be Y because of X. It could be X squared because of Y. And like it was so, so tricky. So happy I passed that. Got some new furniture, put it all together. Um, so I'm having it. I was having a good week. And a, a bang up week. A, a bang up week, if you will, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And now over to the sports world. Um, if I were to say one of my highlights this week was about LeBron James showing up in the Drew League. Now, I thought that was quite impressive. Uh, I also saw somebody comment that LeBron is just playing side missions at this point, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> is uh, he? Ha- I think his last appearance was in 2011. I think during the lockout. I think it's like yeah, like over 10 years where he um, has not. Yeah. And I know Kyrie was also supposed to show up, and then he never showed up. <laughs> Kyrie didn't show up, but Demar Derozan showed up. And the thing is, is mm. like you watch them play against. You know, the Drew League is not bad by any means, but you watch them play against like. I would classify as like non-NBA players. They do literally whatever they want. I saw LeBron do the exact same spin move drive to the bucket like 52 times in the highlights saw, that everybody's posting. I saw a slow-mo of a guy trying to guard LeBron and his eyes, every time he backed him down, his eyes were like... <laughs> the guy in the was like... And LeBron was doing... You know how he does that like two back, two dribble back in and then... Turns spin out, Spin out yep. and fade, yeah. Yep. Uh, but during the back of the guy was like... Eyes wide open with his hands out, like, I can't do anything about this. And I was like, this is kind of funny. <laughs> I, no, Shay, imagine trying to guard that. Imagine trying to guard a literal freight train of professional basketball, like athleticism, that has been doing this as his job 
for that many years, I it just I can't. I, I can't even imagine that. 19, 20 years is insane. Yeah. Well, even longer than even longer than that. Oh, you, well, yeah, you're up, talking about going to you know high school, I mean, but yeah, I guess stuff, professional. yeah, yeah, professionally, professionally. <laughs> oh, in high school, imagine literally imagine like finishing a long day of high school. It's like you know two, three o'clock. You're drained. You're ready to get out, go to practice, whatever. Then you have to play against LeBron. <laughs> you're like, you're like... then you're gonna go home and study for your test tomorrow. <laughs> No way. No way. <laughs> People like hitting the weight room like right before games because they're like, oh, I just need the extra rep for this guy. Like, <laughs> you, oh, man, can't can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. All right. Uh, well, yeah. so, oh, so but anyway, just to just um, briefly elaborate on that, just watching uh, LeBron and DeMar DeRozan play in the Drew League. Super, super cool. Um, super cool to see them in different jerseys, different settings. And they were just going off. Just oh, of going course. off. Yes. Yeah. So that was cool. It was really nice to see. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's it for me, man. Uh, so uh, yeah, have a great day, everybody. Uh, I'll see you later. This has been another. <laughs> no, it's all me. Right. <laughs> the Shrey's takeover. Shrey's just talking to himself for an hour and a half. <laughs> well, well, you well, think, Shrey? Yeah. Oh, I think I think it's a a, a bang up idea. Shreyas, I think you make an excellent point. Shreyas, I couldn't agree anymore. <laughs> Shreyas, you're one of the best in the business. Shreyas, no, you are. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's get to them lows. <laughs> the lows. Uh, yeah, so let's start with my personal lows. And um, I've been feeling uh, uh, a little bit iffy lately, uh, physically. I uh, went to the went to the doctors and um, I think I like pinched a nerve in my leg or some. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been feeling uh, uh, pretty. Yeah, I can't do much activity. Been icing it down. They just kind of says it'll like hopefully go away. The you know, that kind of sensation. Um, so, you know, when I try to like go on walks and stuff. Eh, like a little bit feeling a lot of fatigue in one side. Um, but, uh, hopefully I will be feeling better. Uh, I've been kind of taking my rest and, uh, and not overdoing it. I really want to get out there, play some basketball, you know what I mean? Run around, get tired, yeah. like a yeah. little dog, but, uh, can't, can't do that right now. You know, I just got to take my steps while, um, so that hopefully, you know, in the next couple days, week or so, I can, uh, I can feel up for it. That sucks, dude. It's really hard to play basketball. If, yeah, like a, like have you, you can walk though, right? Like yeah, 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 yeah. I just um, I just I just like whenever I kind of push it a little bit, like if I if I like really like start to run or fast walk or something, you know what I mean? I just it it starts to like kind of feel fatigued more. Yeah, and you can yeah, feel yeah. that sensation. I can feel that sensation running down my leg. Um, but uh. You know, once I like ice it and stuff, and then I kind of rest it out, and I just kind of I'm low key. Um, I feel better. I just don't want to be like too inactive. I don't want to like go all the way the other way if I don't have to, because mm-hmm. that's gonna be a lot more. Like I'm just gonna feel horrible once I'm like better from this. But um, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, so so you know, it's- trying to keep a balance, especially when you're not you're not your healthiest. You could try to keep a little balance, and uh, hopefully, once you are getting a little bit healthier you'll be at where you want to be. So, yeah, no. I, yeah. It's just, uh, it, it's just tough too. Cause it's, you know, exercise science and, and injury and rehab science has come a long way, especially in recent years. But sometimes mm-hmm. the best thing is for an injury is to rest it. Sometimes the best thing is to like use it, you know, sometimes like you'll minimal, get minimal. Yeah. Minimal. So and, like, do, you yeah, have doc- to, like walk it, literally walk it off. Doctors recommend that, but yeah. Do- well, do- yeah. Doc said, know. you know, light, light walking and stuff not a problem yeah. shouldn't be a problem but like stay off like you know don't do like high physical activity or anything like that yeah um, at least do you have until- a um do you have a treadmill at home i do i don't have a treadmill at home okay well this is uh i don't know if you've seen anything on instagram or online of knees or toes guy but you know being tall i have some knee and like back and hip issues yeah walk yeah. backwards weirdly enough if you have any kind of injuries walk backwards up a hill or just even just on a flat surface goes you can go as slow or as fast as you need to but it really really helps get the blood flowing to your knees in a completely different way Ah. and it's been shown 
to really increase longevity and then overall knee health. So that would be my recommendation to you okay. and to anybody else. Um, if you have a treadmill, just keep the treadmill off and just walk backwards on it for about two minutes. And again, same thing. If you just like put your hand on a wall and just walk backwards, um, yeah. recommended this to my grandmother, recommended this to anybody who's going through like weird issues. Honestly, it really, really helps. Weird, try that. but it really helps. I'm going to yeah. actually try that. I'm going to actually try that after this. So yeah, no, good call. Thank sweet, you. sweet, sweet. Um, wow, that sucks. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to sports. Uh, this is something sports. that whether I'm sitting down, resting, or taking a light walk, I will continue to be mad at, and that is the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> um, yeah, what's, what's going on with them? Because they, yeah. they, you know, you started off, and it, it was remember when we, we we just remember last year the roller coaster of a year. You know, mm-hmm. they were good, then they were bad, and they were good, and they were mediocre, then they were good. What I mean, this year they're just bad. Yeah. Well. They they're they're kind of they're kind of on that roller coaster again, Max. And it's they were bad to start off the year. They were um, I'm not sure if I remember correctly. It was like ten and nineteen to start off the year. They were in fourth oh. place. Um, oh. Yeah, they they were you know to be under five hundred coming out of May is a tough spot to be put in. Um. You know what I mean? Like May into June, like it's tough, like to get back when you've spent a whole month being bad. That's a lot to climb back from. But in June, Max, they had an unbelievable run. And they were they were beating up on a lot of bad teams, but they were winning the games they were supposed to. And um, it felt like, you know, they had flipped a switch or something. They had, yeah, so they beat up on a, a lot of bad teams like Oakland and the Angels and Seattle. I know St. Louis is a good team, but they won that series. Detroit, this is not really great. Uh, Cleveland is kind of in the middle, not really that great. But they went 20 and 6, Max, in June. So that's a yeah. complete, complete like flip, 180 flip. And it felt like they had undid whatever they like they're basically the crappy start to start the year so it was like okay we're basically at 500 and now we're getting up seven eight nine ten games above 500 and you're uh you're feeling good right now now yeah. we're coming back we're we're second second in the division again and you felt like okay they just got to keep continuing this you may not continue this pace of 20 and six that's really tough to keep up right but now that you've brought yourself back, you probably can get that first or second wildcard spot. Um, and with the new wildcard rules, it's a little bit easier to get into the wildcard now. So it should be fine. Like, you're not going to get to the Yankees. The Yankees are ridiculous this year. They're winning every game, I, every series. I was going to say, they're, they're, they're playing the Yankees right now. And um, I've just taken a brief perusal through their recent games. Uh, got eviscerated by the Yankees last well, night, fourteen last night. to one. Not good. <laughs> Was not. Good. I mean, the Yankees uh, are having a, a historic year, especially two last year and the, a couple years prior. Like the Yankees, you know, I remember the memes coming out about them. They're like, at least we won in exactly. You know, like holding on to like the past history. Like the Yankees <laughs> were not it. The Yankees are not it. What changed? What changed for them? They've. It's just clicked for them. They. They made a. Uh, good amount of moves last year like they got Rizzo um, and it just felt like uh, this year they got Matt Carpenter who's been really good for them um, their hitter they've, they've been hitting like consistently mm-hmm. throughout their lineup Aaron Judge is having he's probably going to be AL MVP at this uh, at this stage I don't see um, as long as he continues and if he stays healthy I don't see him uh, giving that up to anyone else and their pitching has been really good. Their starting pitching, like, has been really solid. And their bullpen is even better. Mm. They close out games. And that's one thing that the Red Sox haven't been able to do. But regarding after that June hot streak, Max, they've been in July 5-11 and 11 to start July in the first 16 games of July. They've mm. not been good. So... They're back to they're back to their kind of losing ways that they had in the beginning. So they were ten games above five hundred uh, at the end of June. Now okay? they're four. Now they're four. That's tough. So, above five hundred in baseball, where you play, what it's still one hundred eighty, right? One hundred sixty-two. 
162. Yeah. That no, I'm sorry. You can't. The the, the Yankees are like 60 something and 20. Like you Oh. That's yeah. just tough. I mean, we're, we lo- we're we're losing series to to the to the freaking the Blue Jays, to the Cubs. Oh so, man, to so, Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. So Max, this is what uh, Red Sox fans have been kind of uh, scared about, and especially me. In June, they beat up on a lot of bad teams, right? When you look yeah. at the teams they played, all the teams I talked about, most of them were really bad. Yeah. Now we're into a stretch. We're playing the AR division which is a really tough yeah. division. Tampa yeah. Bay, Toronto, New York. I mean, the Orioles are on an insane streak right now. Mm. Right? So they're winning a lot. Even And they're last of the division. They're playing well. So it's like, this is a really good division now. This this Red Sox team is not able to win against this division. They're just, no. They can't play Tampa Bay well. They can't play New York well. The Orioles, they're they're even uh, uh, under five hundred. I think they're under five hundred against every team in this division so far this year. They have not won a series against any team in this division. That's scary, Max. You play your most teams against this against your division, right? You play all you play a lot of games against your division. It's like you can't lose these games. You, what if it comes down to a wild card spot with one of your uh, division mates, and you don't have a good record against them? I, you're out of the, you're well, out of the well, anything can happen anything can happen no but what i'm saying is say that you come back from it but the, the other teams are going to play well too right so yeah if you don't have uh, a good division record you're not gonna you're not gonna bode well in any tiebreak scenario right so it's gonna be it's it's really difficult that they can't play the better competition as consistently um and that they're just beating up on bad teams and that's the uh the worry at this point that Man, they, it, it just feels like they don't have enough. The one thing I will say is they are really, really battered up, especially on the pitching. They have so many people out, and I know they're going to get people back, um, whether it's, you know, uh, Evaldi or Whitlock. I know they just got Chris Sale back. Um, yeah. So they're getting people back slowly. But, man... Like they don't have like a lot of the young guys that they're playing. Like they tried this uh, the, this prospect Brian Bayo. Uh he's been he was BB. pitching really. BB. <laughs> he was pitching really well in Triple A, Double A, Triple A, and he was just he, he was he was good. But then when he got up here, we put him in two starts, and he uh, he's just not ready for the moment right now. He's probably he is our best pitching prospect. And so he wasn't ready for the moment, right? You got, uh, we had, uh, when we traded Mookie Betts, Max, remember, remember Mookie? Remember, uh, he was a good player. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, he was, uh, he was pretty good. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, he's I don't want to talk good. about it. How does, uh, how do you, how do you, whatever. Okay. How do you well, let somebody say, win you the World <laughs> Series and then let him go? Well, we let him go. One of the players we got back, Max, uh, is this kid named Jeter Downs. Uh, yeah, Derek Jeter down. No, I was gonna uh, say <laughs> Derek, Derek Jeter's son. Jeter. He just he just, <laughs> <laughs> just changed his name. Yeah, Jeter Downs. It was Derek um, Jeter's son's Downs Jeter, and he changed it to Jeter Downs. <laughs> <laughs> Jeter Downs. Uh, no, it's Jeter up, Jeter up, and then Jeter Downs. Um, At last, so- pre Malone. <laughs> pre Malone. <laughs> Finally, 22 pilots. <laughs> Finally, firm biscuit. <laughs> uh, those are some of my favorite names. Um, so dumb. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, they put him out, well, they put him they put him out there. Um he's not really a great hitter, right? He he basically won you one of those games uh against New York. But he's not he's not that great. Like he's 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 not hitting that well. Um so a lot of the a lot of their replacement players in a sense when they have people out of the lineup like they have Trevor Story out of the lineup, Rafael Devers has been in and out the lineup, JD has been in and out the lineup, Bogart same thing. They don't have capable guys to come into the lineup and produce even at like a replacement level. Like they're really struggling in their depth, and that's something that they need to look at going into the trade deadline. I don't know if they do. How much they do, we saw that last year after a lot of 
um, what seemed like fan pressure and and just mm. media pressure and talent and like just this region pressure, they got Kyle Schwarber. They wanted him to play first. He's not a first baseman. They let him go. I, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. They let they let him go. He bat, he hits he hit really well for us. They let him go. He's uh top three in home runs this year, Max, for the Phillies. So <laughs> so even if even if you didn't want him to play uh first base, you could have used He's- that power. Our only power in this lineup, Max, is Rafael Devers. He's the only person in this lineup that can hit right now for any sort of consistency. J.D. Martinez, J.D. Martinez, once a 25, 30 home run hitter, I think he has six or seven home runs this year at at the halfway point, roughly. Like, we have no power. Bogarts, not really a home run hitter, but he's hitting. He's just not, there's just no one that can have any power. We had, we had a power hitter, Max. We let him go. We traded Max a hundred. Yeah, 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 just, I just want everybody to know the the Yankees score. Just so everybody knows, is three uh, zero right now. It's at the bottom of the first. I wouldn't expect anything less. Bum bum bum. Bum. That's where we're at right now. That sucks, right? No, really. And Max, another player. We gave up an outfielder by the name of Hunter Renfro. You probably saw him when we went to that game last year. Yeah. He hit 30 home runs for us last year. We gave him up for Jackie Bradley Jr., who's like hitting like what 180? And no, like, I don't know if he, ha- I mean, he may have a home run. So, you know what I mean? 180? So all the power, all the power that we had in our lineup last year, we gave up for basically, uh, uh, a couple, a couple crackers, a couple, a couple uh, candy bars, a couple, a couple mints and loose mints in your purse. A bag like, of chips. Yeah, like it's ridiculous, and we have to play these guys that we got back from, right? Like the like the JBJs and the Jeter Downs that we get back for all these trades because we have literally no one else, and we're trying to make something out of someone that they're not. And that's this whole team, I feel, is that we have a lot of people that we're expecting a lot of because they play so many games and they play in crucial spots. But you can't really expect those out of those types of players. They're too young. They're too inexperienced. They're just not MLB players. It just happens. But that's how this team is constructed. And I put a lot of emphasis on the construction of the team because I don't really blame the manager. I don't blame Cora as much. Obviously, on a game-to-game basis, he has to make better decisions sometimes. But... The players he's playing out there kind of suck. And that's with or without injuries. You have those players on types of players on your team. So they, if they expect to get anywhere out of the in the season, which I hope they do, because the worse you do and how how your conversations with Xander Bogarts and Devers have been in terms of contract extension have been horrible already. You might be at risk at losing one, if not both of those guys. Uh, along with JD Martinez, who you might you'd probably be losing, along with Nate Evaldi, you might be losing, right? So these are three or four of your players. But if you lose Devers and Bogarts, both of them, you're screwed. You're at the bottom of your worst. You're, you're you might be one of the worst teams in the league if you lose both of those players. And it's also tough too because we have to just think about sports from a holistic perspective. It's like, how are you going to lure in free agents? How are you going to lure in players? You know, potential prospects. Um, if you're if you're a bad destination now the thing that the celtics have notoriously done well over the past couple of years is they've been a winning quote-unquote winning franchise with a quote-unquote winning culture which allows you to get people in even in their tough bad years if the red Sox fall and just settle for mediocrity well i can't imagine that would be very attractive for like top prospects looking to go somewhere else yeah. right right no and- seriously it's like okay you guys won a bunch of world series you know you you were good this year and this year but man if you if you can hardly fight to stay above 500 and you're making really bad roster moves i i you know and, and no and even even more than that if i'm again um you know if you're gonna play me at a position that i don't play just because that's what you think is good like facts no what i <laughs> like if what i'm you third ex- what are you expecting you put me up first you, what, you, it doesn't make any sense totally what are you different. expecting to get out of that type of type of deal right and it's it's what they it's what they plan with this trevor story signing Max, we talked about it uh, earlier this year in that it looks like more and more that if they're not willing to give up any money for Bogarts and the, the range he wants, that they're really thinking of putting having Trevor Story for this year be second baseman 
and then making him your shortstop of the future. I'll tell you this, Max, he is nowhere close to Xander Bogarts. Like, if I have a ladder, I have to get, like, 40 rungs from Trevor Story to get up to, to Xander Bogarts. That's how much I feel horribly. Trevor Story had two good weeks this year. The rest of the time, he's like a 220 hitter. He he can't he can't hit. He can't hit. He can't hit consistently. I'm I'm really starting to fear the whole um uh, Coors Field, Colorado, Mile High, uh the air is thinner theory of like, you know what I mean? Like it's just you just people hit better up there because, you know, it happens. There's a Coors Field like there's stats around this that like people play better in Colorado because it's about how the atmosphere is out there. So mm. when they co- when they leave and they sign big deals in other places, they don't end up playing very well. It doesn't happen very often. And this is one of those times where it, it's just they you're not getting what you got for Colorado Trevor Story. You're not getting that right now. Mm. And if you're expecting that to mm. replace Xander Bogarts, you're going to be worse off. Now, would I want Trevor Story here and Xander Bogarts here and see if Trevor Story can continue to play second and get better at at, at Fenway Park? Sure, but that's because Xander Bogarts is going to basically even him out right now. It, you know what I mean? And who's there to even out Rafael Devers if he leaves? You already, you're, you're already horrible at one corner. Considering you might get nothing at the other corner of the field, Max, you're screwed. Those are, the, those are two important hitting positions. And you might yeah. have nothing. Yeah. So, uh, it doesn't it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't look good. It does not look good. Well, uh, it's all right. Um, uh, well, at least, at least there's the Patriots, right? <laughs> at least we have our health. <laughs> at least we have our health, and we're gonna be talking about the Patriots a little bit later on in the podcast. But before that, we're gonna change gears a little bit here, and I want to go to a few of the free agency. Um, kind of lingering moves that we didn't talk about last week, um, but things that I definitely should be touched on. So we got four names, uh, and these are big names that were prospected or requested to leave their current teams. And we're just kind of sitting here in the bleachers, like waiting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant officially requested trade from the Nets. Kyrie Irving exercised a player option, so re-signed with them, uh, but is not projected to play on the team. As far as I understand, Donovan Mitchell is up in the air from possibly leaving the Jazz and going somewhere else. Again, could be another blockbuster trade for him. And then DeAndre Ayton was completely silent. Like, we did not know what was going on with him. Indiana Pacers offered him four years, $133 million. Phoenix Suns matched that, like, immediately. Um, There was rumors that DeAndre Ayton got on a plane to Indiana, and then he had to fly back immediately. And there were also rumors that the Suns did not talk or offer any sort of contract to start with Aiton before he signed the Indiana offer sheet. So that mm. it could be it could get a little dicey in Phoenix. Who do you who do you want to talk about? Let's start at the, the, the top of the, the food chain with Katie and Kyrie. Mm. Yes. So after man, uh let's let's just touch upon kind of the nets. Uh I, I, Shrey, I, I'm a, I'm almost about to call it a failure. This, it's, this passion project close. that they had, it's getting close to a failure. I mean, as soon as these guys leave, I think I'm going to officially put the stamp on it and say that the Nets' passion project of KD and Kyrie playing there was a failure. And what they did, I just think about if you're a Nets fan, right? Go back to 2018, 2019, when you had D'Angelo Russell, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Jared Dudley, Jared Allen. You know, it was a young. Mm. It was a young team Car- full of hustlers. Karis LeVert. I mean, you had guys who could hoop, were wicked fun, and looked like they want just wanted to go out there and win as much as they could. Now, yeah. were you guys a championship team? No. Mm-hmm. Were you a deep playoff team? No. But you had the potential to get there through growth, development, and honestly, like a, seemed like a fun winning culture. Okay. You take that and you blow it up. None of those guys are on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. None of those guys, that whole young core that you had that was really, in my opinion, on the come up is no longer on the team. Instead, you trade a lot of picks away and you trade a lot of players away to get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then eventually James Harden. Now, this was a super team that people projected to just win it all. I mean, Trey, how many years and how many times did we hear that? They're like, the Nets are taking the East. 
the Nets yep. are taking the East every year. Every year since that uh, free agent class, twenty nineteen. Exactly. So you know, Kevin Durant leaving the Warriors, big big news, all that stuff, and I don't know. Everybody projected it. If Kevin Durant was wearing one size smaller shoe, they could have been in the conference finals. Didn't happen. If Kevin Durant and Kyrie decided to do anything this year, they wouldn't have gotten swept in the first round. I mean, think about that right there. You are, quote-unquote, projected to go to the finals, the championship, and possibly win it all, and you're swept in the first round. That's a failure mm-hmm. in my book. And now, if your two superstars are leaving, you like you have no picks, so I hope you get some back. You have no picks. You have a few young guys in like Cam Thomas, possibly Nick Claxton, you know, guys that you can maybe develop, but that's not a core right there. What are you going to build around Patty Mills, Blake Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge? Bruce Brown left, right? Your franchise right now is looking real slim if these two guys leave. So what do the Nets do? Well, they definitely definitely overplayed their hand in a sense that – so here, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of split it up. I'll start with the bad in that they overplayed their hand. It felt like they had a good thing going, right? They have KD. They, he's coming off the ACL, so, you know, he's not going to play immediately. Um, he's rehabbing. They have Kyrie. It seems like, okay, this is something that'll work, right? They they have enough. They It feels like they still have good pieces around They want to play together. Yeah, They want to play together. They have people that want to play together, right? Joe Harris has a career year in there. So it's like, okay, it feels like, okay, their depth is is decent. They have good supporting role players. And what ha- what's happening is it feels like not only is the whole upper part of this uh, roster and Katie Kyrie got it, gotten exposed, that their depth has really gotten exposed throughout this, this whole time too, Max. Their defense, yeah. When they started, when they started, they had Katie Kyrie. Then they had the opportunity to get James Harden, which obviously when you have an opportunity to get a, basically a future Hall of Famer, you you go for it, right? The same way that I don't blame the Celtics for going after Kyrie when they had the opportunity to, right? When you get a player of that caliber, that talent level, you go for it because it could either go really good or really bad, but that really good could be championship good, right? And that's what, when people clown on that 2019 Celtics team, right? The 2018, 2019 Celtics teams, it's because they were like, oh, you had Tatum, Brown, Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, or, you know what I mean? Like you had all of them. Like, what happened, right? They clown on that team because they were that good on paper. The same way, now you look at the, that whole Nets team, oh, yeah. you had, oh, you mm-hmm. had Katie, Kyrie, James Harden, uh, Drummond or uh, Lamarcus Aldridge or Jer- you know what I mean, like Jared Allen. You had all these guys, or, 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 right? You had a Patty Mills. You, right? You have people who are like putting you in position. You're like this team is OP, right? But then when like it shows how team chemistry is a huge part of creating that team and how well they actually end up doing is because when James Harden started to get shifty and like started looking over what the team wasn't and didn't want to really be there and noticing that, you know, Kyrie's not holding up his end of the bargain. Then KD is getting kind of pissed at both of them. So he's like, okay, do whatever. I just don't want to get, I just want to get out of here kind of thing. Like that really broke things up. It's like, they're not all on the same page. It sounded like when they were going to get there that they were going to be on the same page, but when everyone is getting hurt or not doing what they're supposed to or not being there for the team and sacrificing for the team, then it's just you're not on the same page. The actions don't match the words well, in, the med- in the media. Well, no, I agree. And, and we got, you know, we, we forget too that Kyrie was out for most of, was it the, yeah, that was the 2020, 2021, or was that the year after? Kyrie was out for the vaccine, vac- like the whole vaccine debacle. The, so this, he this just past, was straight up not year. playing. He played, I think he played. Year. I think he played 35 games this year. Uh, 35 games by the end when he March. finally was able to. Starting in March when he was finally able to. Oh, and that was their excuse. You know, when they're talking about, oh, this, the Celtics beat us because they had time to gel and we didn't have time to gel and da 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 That's just an excuse for we got a broken, broken locker room and right. we can't get stuff together. And you right. also see, too, kind of what you were saying on, on kind of how a team chemistry works. You got these superstar players 
And that's fine. And we've talked about this time and time again. Superstar power will only get you so far. And it's mm-hmm. great to have. I would freaking love to play with Kevin Durant. But if Kevin Durant's not setting me up, if Kevin Durant's not setting up the Bruce Browns or the Andre Drummonds or the, you know, whoever, you know, you can only go so far. You need all of these guys to eat with you. Yep. And that's why the Warriors made it so far. That's why the, you know, the Mavs made it so far. Luka Ball could only take them so far. They needed the Brunsons and the Cleavers to step up. The Celtics needed, you know, the, uh, that's why Miami got so far. Gabe Vincent. Tarantine's a new one. Max Struess. Max Struess, right. You All these guys. P.J. Tucker was making huge plays. Tyler Hero was making big shots. Even, you know, even Duncan Robinson, when he kind of stepped in, he had some good threes. You need all of these guys to eat outside of just like Jimmy and Bam, outside of KD and Kyrie. And but what that depth did not you, happen. What depth could you call on when you're talking about the Brooklyn Nets, Max? It's just Patty, they don't Patty really Mills, have... Bruce Brown, they should have played Cam but, Thomas. But like, Patty Mills, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not the type Patty of player Mills is to a play... I, I, he, I stand he, by that. I stand by Patty be. Mills a bucket. He can be. He can be, Max. But it's just, you know what I mean? You don't have guys when, when KD and Kyrie are off the floor. Am I counting on Patty Mills to give me 15 every game? I... I I can do that on certain games, but he's not the type of player to play more than 25, 30 minutes. Like, I don't really have a guy that can play that minute. Like, when you have Gabe Vincent, you're playing him 25 minutes. You're playing Max Drews. 30 but that's minutes. why they had Harden. That's why they had Harden. Uh, do you remember those lineups where it's like Kevin Durant, the 16 games that they played together? I remember watching those some of those games, and I was like, this is absurd. Because Kevin Durant and Kyrie, they would all start, Right. And you just get walloped from the beginning. They're just shooting the lights out. You're like, how is this even possible? Kevin Durant goes to sit. Now it's Kyrie and Harden. Now Kyrie goes to sit. James Harden is still bringing that ball up and tearing it up. And James Harden actually plays pretty well with bench players. I've seen that. Like when he can kind of be that guy on the floor and then set his team up, you know, when he's like the guy with all those years in Houston. He's actually all those years in Houston. I've been training for this my whole life. <laughs> Finally, I'm reaching my full potential. You know what I mean? So they had that yeah. guy. And so that's that's what, like, yes, but you're right, Trey. This year, it, it was. A- that's an issue. What? Harden hid a lot of the problems with their depth. When you have that upper end talent, when you have multiple. I know. Two, when you have two, three guys, and you trade for hide. Ben Simmons, they were hoping that he would be that guy, and then the dude sits up. No, no, Shrey, and that was the issue right there. No, no, seriously, seriously, they're like, okay, we're gonna make a blockbuster trade. We're gonna get Ben Simmons. He's gonna get his mental health correct. He's gonna come play for us. No, dude stubs his toe. He gets a little ouchy and wears clown outfits on the bench. No, I mean, but you can understand with the Nets franchise, they're like, okay, this is gonna be a solid move. We'll get so, him yes. to play. So. This is where I give the Nets credit, Max. Is that okay? They're standing on their they're standing on their two feet. They they are not like in a sense, they are not like succumbing to all of these requests to leave, and they're 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 standing pat and they're trying to figure out what is best for their team. Right? There's a lot of moving pieces in this. When they had the James Harden scenario, right? They waited. How many times did we say, oh? James Harden should be moved, like, like just send him to Sacramento. Like, it, it, like the, the Ben Simmons thing is probably not going to happen. Like, it, But it happened because they stood pat. They got basically to the end. And they got a really good deal out of that, Max. They got, like, multiple picks. They got Drummond. They got, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Millsap, I think. They got, you know what I mean? Like, they got a couple guys. Oh. Seth Curry, right? They got, they, Seth Curry's a good player, good veteran. Drummond, obviously, for that year, good player. And then they got a bunch of picks along with Ben Simmons, right? So they they did well in that trade. And so I give them credit that um, they stood pat and they waited until they could get the best possible offer from the Sixers. Without a and, d- yeah, and without a doubt. if we, Well, if we consider Ben Simmons healthy and if he was to play at a fraction of himself, I agree with you. I think the Nets win that trade. So – and so that's based on potential, right? But then now we're talking about Katie and Kyrie in the offseason. And Katie says, oh, I want to leave, right? But why haven't they done anything yet? It's because the Nets have all the leverage. They don't need to do yes. anything yet, yes. right? They yeah. have four – Katie, Katie <laughs> he signed for four years with no trade, no, um, trade, no trade clause 
or no, 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 no player yeah. option or anything. So if he wants to hold out, he can hold out, but he's also not going to do what he wants to do, which is play basketball, which is what he says. And he if wants he wants, to no, Kevin Durant wants to play basketball, man. That is one thing I will, I will always take. No, to but the what I'm saying is, it, is like, you know, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. Where it's like, if I he says he wants no, to play basketball, he can't be like, oh, well, I'm going to hold out. And because I yeah. don't, I want to leave, right? This is a place yeah. where you can play basketball and you're under contract. So if you want to honor that, you'll be able to play basketball as soon as possible. So yeah, the nets are really taking their time with this deal. And they're, they're saying, okay, like, and one of the, the rumors I heard Max was, was that, Oh, the nets, you've seen all these offers. They're so ludicrous. And like, no one is going to take any of them. And that's why the market is so low, but that the nets are really using that as leverage so that they can go back to KD and say, hey, KD, we went to all these teams and they don't want you because we obviously want to get the best value out of you, but no team is playing ball with us. So if you want to play basketball, you're under contract, play for us, right? So they're leveraging, oh, that there's no market so that KD will just end up saying, you know what? Fine. Yeah, I want to play basketball. Let's just come back. Let's just run it back. And that's a good scenario mm. for Brooklyn too, right? So they're standing mm. on their two feet and they're saying, hey, we're under contract. We're not just going to send you to anywhere and get anything. But if we can have mm. you play for our team, that's good for us because obviously the revenue you get from KD and Kyrie playing on your team is great. But if mm. they do get a good offer, like they say, and get the best offer, then they'll they'll tear it apart. They're not afraid to tear it apart. So that's the one thing I, I give credit to Brooklyn that they're just like, okay, yeah, all these players want to leave. But they're getting the best deals possible, and that's what they're planning on doing. Right, it's still your job, and 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 I actually that's a really really good point because it is still your job. And at the end of the day, if you want to play basketball and you want to get paid, you're going to stay on that team. Now, I I don't think that they're going to be happy. I don't think they're be like, ooh, ooh I love no. Brooklyn bagels. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, but you know, no, I really. Yeah, really. No, agreed, agreed. I, they're not going to be like, oh, I love it here. They're not going to be in the media being like, oh, Brooklyn, KD, Brooklyn, let me drink oh, your yeah, bath yeah. water. None of like, that. None of that. None of that. Yeah. And if something goes wrong, like if somebody starts to like press it, you know, but then I think at that point, KD is going to have the leverage because like if you guys piss me off, I still want to leave. So mm-hmm. it's, I, I agree. There's, there's a little bit of a delicate balance, but yes. You're right. I think the Brooklyn Nets are actually being smart in that. There, you know, there's rumors about the Suns, which no way, I I don't see that happening at all. Well, I don't think it, ha- it can happen now, Max, because uh, when we talk about Aiton, that's just the contracts that they are that that that, that they're need to be out. brought back. It's just it's probably yeah, not going to work. It's either going to be a well, lot of extended, picks. Suns extended Booker. They gave him the max. I don't think extension. they have officially, right? Have they officially? No, he's extended. No, him? Yep, he signed. Yep. Was that signed. recently? Yeah. Okay. So now that that's happened. Yeah, that, that was a couple, a couple of days ago. So he, okay, he signed so, the docs. Like that's, yeah. So now, so now that that's happened, the only way and the big block within all of these trades, right? A lot of teams that have these young players that they want, the big block is Ben Simmons. Right. Because Ben Simmons and Booker or. Um, it's it's the rookie. Adebayo, Adebayo. Yeah. That whole rookie clause where you can't have two, you can't have two players that sign the same deal rookie contracts rookie con- extension rookie or whatever extensions on the same team right so they would have to trade ben simmons first to get a player like miami was a target for kd but they'd have to trade simmons before they can get a player like Adebayo if they wanted him right so it's a and lot of moving pieces their right mind is gonna take ben simmons he showed a lot in brooklyn max i don't know i don't know what you're saying i wouldn't i wouldn't take ben simmons if we gave up like Again, like two second round picks. Don't want him. Seriously, I mean, if you look yeah. at how the Celtics roster right now is constructed, yeah, do yeah. not want Ben Simmons. Yeah. At this point, at this point, it's not a need for a team that's like this de- deep. But for a team the like the, the Dallas Mavericks don't need him, right? The yeah. Denver Nuggets. The uh, Denver Nuggets still need help. So well, you but look Jamal at Murray's some of the places, back, right, right, that have been talked about with KD. It's it's Miami, it's Phoenix. Phoenix, New Orleans, right? Another another team that they talked about is like New Orleans, New Orleans, but the but Brooklyn wants Brandon Ingram, and so it's like it's like that's a difficult one where it's like the whole point of getting Kevin Durant is so that you can pair him with whatever best player that you have, right? No, 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 and that's just pair him with Zion, dude. No, Zion's their best player, dude. It's going to be KD and Zion, and then well. 
So say and, and say CJ. Yes. So yeah, so that like if if they're willing to give up Brandon Ingram, that's a potential. But they but they view Brandon Ingram higher than that. So obviously that's not going to happen. Do do you feel like a team would be willing to give up like a a like a Butler or an Adebayo or a you know what I mean? Like the Brooklyn's not going to get that type of ask. They're not going. No one's going to fulfill that. They're going to have to no. end up looking for a lot of picks and some sort of smaller starter that's really good like you know what i mean like you know how tyler hero has been in all these trade rumors for mitchell and and kd and stuff where it's like that type of player with both more picks they're not going to get the type of player back that they're probably looking for because of talent to talent you're never gonna that's the tough thing about that's the tough thing about trading someone as good as kevin durant max it's like trading tom brady it's like will you ever get a quarterback that's one to one you can't it's KD. Are you going to get a KD to it's KD trade? Right. Not going to no, happen. Unless it's KD for LeBron or KD yeah, LeBron, for Giannis. You're not gonna, or KD for Steph Curry. Not going to happen. The top tier of players, yeah. So you're always going to yeah. end up giving up a bigger player for a lot of smaller players or potential. It's never going to be one for one. You're never going to make up what you lose in Kevin Durant. So that's the issue in trading a player like that. It's like you really have to plan out how you can balance the future and the present. Unless you get draft picks, you get a really high draft pick, and then you draft the next KD. Yeah, but well, and that's potential, that's right? Still, that's a lot that's of potential. Still, and that's potential, and that's also years down the line. So I agree with you. The, the return is theoretically possible, not for another four years. And Max, the issue with that is you're expecting the team that KD goes to to do well. Will that pick that you trade for, Brooklyn trades for, Will that pick be a lottery pick? Probably not. KD himself was probably take a team to an eight seed. Yeah. Single-handedly. You know what I mean? So it's like you're not going to get the pick you want early on. So that means you're looking down at the 2025, 20, 26, 27 picks as potentially maybe KD wants to leave again or, you know what I mean, or, you, or like KD gets older and so the team does worse. That's a lot of potential years in the future. You have to balance that out with a, with a present player. That is as good enough to keep you like afloat without KD being there, without Kyrie being there. That's the that's the really tough part about these guys leaving, is that it puts a team in a bind of like, do we rebuild or do we try to get present players and veterans and just kind of keep afloat and hope that players want to come here? So you know what I mean? Like it's that's super tough. Yeah, no, it, it, it is tough, and then you know Kyrie. If he if KD goes, I can't imagine Kyrie will stick around. Yeah. But Kyrie's Kyrie's stock too is also not what it used to be. You know, a, a first right. round sweep is really tough to look at. Getting older, issues with health and political views and stuff, which well, could and result off, yeah, literally just in off court issues. Yeah, off court issues, right? Um, he's still his game is still as refined and polished as ever. But you have Always. to take all things into consideration. Right. Um, and again, he's not the best defender, so that's also things and, that you have to look at. And when we look at his trade market now, Max, the only team that is considering interested in him is the Lakers, right? The Lakers. And we talk about Russell Westbrook, which we, we, we can mention here, and that Russell Westbrook, if the Lakers give him up, the <laughs> the other team that's trading for Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook probably wants a pick attached to him to take on that contract, right? So... And we saw recently that uh, his agent parted ways with the, or he parted ways with his agent of 14 years because his agent wants him to stay and embrace the role that Darwin Ham has given him in the starting role. But Russell Westbrook, it seems like, and, and the agent basically confirmed it in, in, in all certain words that he wants to leave. And that, the agent said if he leaves it's not a it's not a guarantee that he gets a starting job somewhere immediately or you know what I mean he gets that contract he's probably going to get bought out by the team that he or the trade is going to have the like the market is low because he has to have a asset attached to him and if he gets bought out like who knows where he goes right so it's like there's a lot of factors the agent is basically saying his value is super low so he better take what he has right now that's literally what the well, agent I- is saying and that is not a good thing. That well, I mean, I can understand why he fired him. He'd be like, "Screw you, dude!" Don't <laughs> yeah. To me. But his agent, but his agent is not necessarily wrong. If we look, mm-hmm. if we you know put all of our weight into the NBA two K ratings, 
I just want everybody to know that uh, if you don't know what NBA 2K, that is a uh, basketball video game that is very, very popular, but very, very uh, inaccurate. Like it is not a basketball simulator anymore. It's like uh, you shoot fading threes as much as you can. I mm. they, 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 they ruined it <laughs> anyway, but it's the only like basketball game out there. Um, <laughs> his rating, which is a, something that they give to every player, it went down from the start of this year as an 86, which I thought was respectable. You know, he's getting a little bit older, but he's still that guy. He was that guy in Washington. Went down from an 86 to a 78. And all of his attributes, except for his athleticism, are garbage. So if we take that into account, uh, he is, hey, he's not doing good. <laughs> but I don't know. Should I, I, I uh, yeah. So, so I mean, and then, you know, when we talk about Katie, sorry, Kyrie for Westbrook, uh, like that helps the Lakers in talent perspective, right? Chemistry wise, they already have their issues with Westbrook. Do those same do the same Cavalier type issues happen with Katie and uh, with Kyrie and LeBron again? Do those resurface? I know, you know, uh, distance makes the heart grow fronder. So they talk about each other very well and very respectfully now that they are not on the same team. But do they go into Big Brother Little Brother mode once they're on the same team? That is also left they, out to be said. They do. Uh, here's my take on that, real quick. They do. Kyrie at this point knows that he's not that guy. He knows after his stint with Does the Celtics he know that, that he's Max? not a number one option. Uh, I would hope do, that do he's learned that his lesson. Does he know that? I would hope. Okay, well, we know. <laughs> he should know. <laughs> he should. No, he because should. he already accepted He already accepted that backup role with KD. He knew going into the Nets that he's mm. not that number one guy. He cannot act like he's that number one guy. He is not the number one option, period. He's a great number two. I don't know if he accepted it coming here, Max. I think he cut. I think he came here, but when he realized that, you know, Katie's kind of hey, soft spoken, and you know what I mean, like he can he can be that vocal guy in the media and in and on the court that like and on it his felt like that's all the live streams, yeah, yeah, yeah off the court, <laughs> the Twitch streams. You know what I mean, like he he's really embraced being like a face of the Nets, right? I don't think he's ever said like you know it's time for me to play like and enhance KD's game or anything like that. Like he still, he still views himself as a number one piece, I think. And I think that's the reason why he clashes with that second, that second piece, why he clashed with Tatum and Brown, why he clashed with LeBron, because as a coming up person, he thought himself, I have the ability to be a number one. Now he is older and he says, I am a number one. And I don't think that's ever left him. I don't know if that'll leave him until that talent, that athleticism that he's known for starts to diminish. I don't think it's going to leave him. So I don't see any reason for it at least. Man, I just can't. I just, yeah, no, you're, you, yeah, you're right. Uh, on Donovan Mitchell, uh, mm-hmm. is he going anywhere? I mean, I, th- I think he, he could, he could end up staying. He could end up leaving. I mean, I think the jazz are in a mode where they tried out their stars. Truly. They tried out Gobert and Mitchell. I mean, that was the quote unquote dynamic duo. Uh, you know, Mike Conley was that additional piece to kind of help him. You know, you get the role players, Royce O'Neal, Jingles, all that stuff. But that's no longer the case. O'Neal's gone. Uh, Jingles is gone. Gobert mm-hmm. is now gone. And now you look at a aging and declining Mike Conley. But the haul of young players and picks that they got from the Timberwolves, does Donovan Mitchell have a place within that roster? Uh, I don't know. And I'm also getting, you know, he's from uh, Connecticut. So he's from, you know, New England. He's a local boy. Uh, his mom and his sister actually toured uh, UMass, our alma mater. And I almost gave that tour. I used to be a tour guide for the school. Uh, one of the best jobs. Oh, shoot. Go, go, go tour guides, class of 2020. Um I almost gave that tour and I was vying so hard because it was, it was a quote unquote special tour. Like they got a private tour of the university and one tour guide was going to be selected to do it. And I was vying so hard. I was like, I know basketball. Like I will, I will. (laughs) You're like basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. (laughs) And it was given to a girl I worked with just because they thought it'd be better if a female took the mother and daughter around Mm. just from that perspective. So, you know, I get it, but. Oh man, I wanted to get heartbreaking. <laughs> and you know man. what? They literally gave her. They they said anytime you're in Utah, if you ever come visit, we get you free tickets. No, you could have been that person. 
but also anytime oh. you're in utah is a kind of a wild statement um <laughs> like yeah sure, sure I'm, sh- I'm i'm smhing right now i'm shaking my head tough would have loved um, to do that max when anyway. it comes down to when it comes down to mitchell yeah i don't see i don't see that him having a place on this team right now right when i think of players that you build you build around right there's only certain point guards that i feel you can build around right those are the right. really generational like curry like how many point guards in history have you ever built around peyton curry isaiah thomas right like there's not a lot of point guards that that you can build around and be and be stable like in a in a building in a rebuilding era right mm. mitchell is good He's really good. He's he not really great. Good. He's not great. He has he has flaws to his game. What are his flaws? His ability to make his teammates better. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't. When he, he, is, he when he drives to the rack, he puts the blinders on. Yeah, he does. I we, we talked about this earlier mid basketball season, Max, in that uh, Mitchell's passes to Gobert per game were like two. Like he passed to Royce O'Neal more than Gobert. Uh, over the yes. course of the season so yes it's 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 interesting that you, who you think is your second best player your your first best player would pass to him and make him an offensive focal point but it didn't really happen well we also know too that those two ever since the literally ever since Rudy Gobert coughed on the mic they it has been public that they have had some serious serious chemistry issues yeah. but do you think with Gobert gone that he's gonna stay I don't think so, Max. I really think that this Knicks thing, this Knicks rumor that we're hearing is a real possibility. I think it comes down to, I think it comes down to, will the Knicks give up a player like RJ Barrett who they don't want to let go of, right? And who I feel like would fit in Utah as a building point better than, than New York. I don't think that New York has really found a way to build around RJ Barrett. I think New he's York is really, a poverty franchise. It's it's, it's just, they're really. I'll bad say it. At Haters, right welcome, play. welcome. I welcome it. I welcome you, Joe Sorallo. Come. <laughs> they, they pick New York pick, is a poverty franchise. <laughs> well, Max, think y'all, of this. Y'all win it. Y'all win in twenty-two games this year. Max. <laughs> No, no, no. That's cap. I'll give you forty. I give Max, you solid forty. Max is, on a, Max is on a roll. He just kept going down. He just he's like he's like he's like they're gonna go to the G League next year. <laughs> but yeah, all of a sudden the NBA is now MLS or like uh yeah like Euro European relegating. soccer. Now you guys are <laughs> relegating. Relegating. Teams. Oh, you guys suck. You're down. So when we so when we look at the Knicks, Max. RJ Barrett is who they should be building off of. They're not finding the right players. They're just kind of whoever's the biggest player on the market, whoever is the most attainable player on the market, they get, right? The Randalls, the Brunsons, the Fournier. They get the Kemba Walker. They get those attainable stars, half stars. Well, you know what I mean? So they don't want to give yeah, up the yeah. they don't want to give up their best player is RJ Barrett. At this point, he's the one that's made the most strides in his game, who can continue to improve. I think he's got the chance to be a 25 point per game type of player right so he's going to be tough to give up but utah probably wants him being a wing being a guy that can defend and is making strides in his offensive game and still has a a chance to improve that's the thing that's a that's the type of player utah would want if they can't get him max a lot of picks there's gonna be a lot of picks and so that's gonna be the thing is like do they give up a player of that caliber or do they just let go of six picks and some of their young guys like quickly or McBride, or you know what I mean, like some of these young, young, young guys that um, that have a chance of making making a mark. That's gonna be tough. I think they, I think they will come up to a deal if I had to, if I had to really come down to it, because I don't think Utah has a plan for Mitchell. They may say out in front, like, "Oh yeah, we want Mitchell." Like, you know what I mean? We're trying to build around Mitchell because obviously you want to keep him happy in the case a deal doesn't go through, right? But, publicity in the in but like i don't think he fits max do you think he fits i don't think he fits they have too many guys that are young and kind of not there in that stature yet that they're not going to be great next year 
I'm taking you. You got Pat Bev, right? And and what you lose in the offense of Donovan Mitchell, you can make up for elsewhere. I'm telling you, dude. Jan- Jared Vanderbilt. I'm so high on this guy. I like um, him. Seriously, seriously. Like you, you keep that again. I know Mike Conley's declining, but I keep him around for veteran presence. Plus, you know, Ainge likes those scrappy guards, good chemistry guys. Mm. Um, you know, you got Pat Bev for defense now. Donovan Mitchell, man, you can see his size really prevents him from getting um as many defensive stops as you know as another guard possibly could mm-hmm. um and, and i yeah it's just when he drives to the rack he puts the blinders on. i mean to not pass to your big man because there's so many opportunities and you're like donovan why are you driving into a triple team they're all just jumping and meeting you at the rim you can't finish over that and now he's incredibly athletic oh he's you know an incredible I mean? finisher but it's just the amount of times he does it like he does it a lot and it feels like he he's not able to decipher which moments uh to use gobert and which moments to go for his own it's still it's still in the back of the mind to continue getting his own mm-hmm. yeah i agree uh, so we'll see i mean with all these guys we'll see um we'll see what happens to Aiden. i mean you know this the sun's matches offer but well you now know, it's we'll more see. of a locker room type thing or just like an organization. I, I'm really type worried thing. about that. I think they got to just trade him. I think that they just have to trade him. So, Seriously. so they can't trade him uh, at least till January 15th and they can't trade him to Indiana for a year. So that's a one potential trade partner that is gone, but they have a lot of other teams. So it, I would look at that, um, that trade deadline, 2023 trade deadline and and see if if it's not working and he's just he's just pouty or he doesn't really want to be there and it shows in how he's playing there might be something uh to that uh trade rumor to begin with they're just leaving to begin with to not make an offer max to the player but then out of nowhere you're like well we'll, we'll match sure we want it sure and it, it, that sh- that says a lot yeah that says a lot. You that's your that's Still your first round pick. That's your number one overall pick. You didn't even give him a feeler offer, right? You just let him go and test whoever wanted him. Another team said, "Yeah, we want him," and then you're like, and then only, and then you get jealous. You're like, "Oh, you want him? No, 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 no. We had him first, so we want him." Now. So that's that's literally yeah, what happened. Literally, literally. Your jealous ex is the <laughs> Phoenix Sun. <laughs> I, yeah, sure. I. <sighs> Yeah. Ah, yeah, I yeah. How's the I, in in Phoenix? Have you talked to any people about this Aiton deal and how do they kind of feel? Yes, yeah, so actually funny story on that. I was in the grocery store the other day. I'm wearing a Phoenix Suns shirt. Some old lady comes up to me. She's like, "Do you play for the Phoenix Suns?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, no ma'am, I wish though." And she she literally looks at me straight face. She's like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, I, "Unless they signed me yesterday, I don't know. I didn't hear about this." Um, but I talked to her and I've talked to a lot of Phoenix Suns fans and the sentiment is pretty, you know, you got the diehards that are like, we're still winning 60 games this year. And then you got the more realists that are like, we're in a tough, weird situation. I mean, after the embarrassing loss, which people still talk about, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, it is not a lot of optimism and joy going into this year. Personally, it's just, mm. it's just, it's like, we like the disappointment is so palpable. It literally is like a physical it's feeling. It's still there. It's still there almost a month later. And you look at it, and look, your same young core is returning. They're putting in offseason work. They're getting better. They got a lot of great guys, Bridges, Cam Johnson, campaign. Um, you know, you lose McGee, but you sign Bismack Biombo, which, eh, you know, we're, we're, without Aiton, we're severely lacking at the center spot. Book got the extension. Chris Paul is, you know, working out with DeMar DeRozan and all that stuff. So, he, uh, you know, if you actually objectively look at it, it's good. But when you're just here and you're feeling it and you're like a fan, it does not feel good. So, mm. yeah, um, we'll see how that changes, Max. If Aiden can put this whole potential B for whatever he has or he got his, it, he got his contract, man. So, well, if he can put it behind him, because the money is one thing. Obviously, he wants the money, but he was willing to take it from someone else. Right. So. And when we looked at when we look at uh, like Gordon Hayward, remember Charlotte offered him Boo. an offer sheet. 
any chance he gets. <laughs> the biggest fraud. I just try, you know, I love the NBA. I love basketball. There's just like certain players that are just on my list. Yeah, like, yeah. No, guys. no, me too. Me too. Yeah. Aaron Gordon's on my list. At least for as a Denver <laughs> Nugget. He's a good player. Aaron Gordon as a as a Denver Nugget is on my list. Uh, until he leaves, I will give him flack for being a Denver Nugget. Um But Gordon Hayward signed that offer sheet with Charlotte, right? He got Utah matched. And then the first chance he got to leave after that, he left, right? So you know that he probably didn't want to be there for whatever, some number of years after he after they had matched. If Aiton can get past it, he might be able to finish the contract and leave after. But if he can't get past it, he's going to – they might be willing to trade him at one of these trade deadlines or next offseason or something. You know what I mean? 100%. So, 100%. It's, it's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's crazy stuff. Um, hey, great convo today. Uh, very, very fiery episode as usual for 70. We're rounding out. We're entering our our our, our seven series here. Um, so, yes, you folks, thank you for joining us. If you're here to the end, uh, you've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.